Hey now, hey now, hey now, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a brand new edition of Over the Line. Glad to be back with you with a brand new week. That is right. Starting a little late today, but that's all right. Listen, first of all, uh, first off, first off, here's what we want to do. I want to tell everyone how much I appreciate you. Those of you on our social media, especially those of you on our social media, you uh, really helped us out over the weekend. We made one last real push on social media to get subscribers on this YouTube channel. And we did a pretty good job. Last I checked, we are, I think we're like 60 likes, I'm 60 subscribers away from uh, from reaching our 1,000 mark. Let me check. Which, you know, we, we garnered like 100 uh, on Friday or Saturday, whenever it was. 59. We need 59 more subscribers. So if you're listening to this and you listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever, anywhere but YouTube... Do me a favor, go over to YouTube, click the subscribe button. You can click the notification bell to be notified when new videos are posted. If you want, you don't have to. Just subscribe, get us over that 1,000 mark, and it will give us the opportunity to be put into the algorithm. Because of right as of right now, we don't get shown really anywhere. It, it takes people, it takes effort on people's parts to find us. Because we're under that 1,000 mark threshold. Not to mention, because we're a political podcast and we lean conservative, that uh, they don't really want us out there. But that will help us out a lot and help us get the word out. Because as of right now, people are getting tired. People are getting exhausted. It's turned out to be the longest election day ever. And those that are fighting for Trump are tired. They're weary. And I know exactly how you feel. I really do. But we're not going to stop fighting until we reach the end of this road. Whatever that may present once we get there, we're going to keep fighting. As Trump has done so for us for the past four years. So we'll see what happens. Uh, News over the weekend. I think this came out yesterday. The president announced it on Twitter that Rudy Giuliani has tested positive for COVID-19. Haven't heard an update on that. I assume he's okay. I don't know what that means for the legal team this week in their court challenges. I don't know if he's able to do that virtually via Zoom or whatever, but uh, we'll be finding out as the days go on and we proceed through this battle. It's It's been crazy to say to say the least but hey i'm here to give you every bit of info you need in order to keep up with it because it's kind of a weird time for people consuming information especially those of you that kind of watched a lot of fox news and and got your news that way i know there's a lot of people that follow this podcast that listen to talk radio which is probably one of the best ways to get your information on stuff like this uh but with the way things have gone, most of y'all are ditching Fox News. You're trying to find new outlets to watch. You're trying to get used to things like Newsmax or OAN or uh, uh, whatever. You're watching this podcast. We're doing everything we can to get you the information you need. So what I want to do with this show today, this is going to be a little different. But it's something we really haven't done 
yet in the wake of the election, and that is real to really analyze the numbers. I feel like it's extremely important to look at the raw data, to look at the science, and see what it what it tells us, because the numbers themselves can tell you a lot, especially when you compare in-person voting to mail-in voting, what parts of the country did what, 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 what counties or what, um, what, what states usually predict the election that didn't this time. It really takes you in a direction, when you really dive into that stuff, of, of more clarity into how this election was supposed to end up. So we're going to throw out all the election fraud stuff today, all the video evidence we have, all the the signature verifications and the recounts and everything else. Not going to do that today. We're going to talk about the raw numbers. So let's start on that. I've taken a lot of notes to be able to bring this to you. So my hand is, uh, is cramping. I'm going to put up, for those of you watching on YouTube, I'm going to put up a map, and this is from Fox News. This is a map of who won what county across the country. And now you see, if you're looking at this map, that most of these are most of these counties are in fact red. Most of them are red. Big swaths of the country. Now everybody on the left will tell you, oh, that's that's misleading because these counties are counties where not many people live, and, and that's true in some instances. But it really gives you, it really highlights the feel of the country overall into what direction they want their country to go in. You got some patches of blue here and there, and even down here in Alabama, you've got the what they call the black belt down there. And then obviously up in the northeast and some over in the west. Now, for those of you looking at this, you see California is not really filled in that much, and that's really because... The counties that are white or light blue or even light pink, like red, those are counties that don't have all their votes reporting, so they haven't officially set sit in their vote counts. They've got like 97, 98, 99% reporting, so it's basically done. But some of these counties are going red in California. You look at Trump in Mariposa County. I may be mispronouncing some of these. In California, 57% Trump. Uh, Tolomoon County, I, I don't know how to pronounce that, Trump with 58%, El Dorado County, Trump with 53%, interesting stuff, nonetheless, that's not going to make a difference in all of this, because they let two or three cities run their entire state, but looking at the numbers, okay, I want to start off on a national level, in looking at the percentages of who people align themselves with politically, and in, in some states you have to register as a Republican or Democrat or Independent or whatever. When I look at those numbers, and as far as Trump and his relationship with the Republican Party, we saw the polls going into Election Day, and Trump had an, a, an approval rate in the Republican Party like we've never seen before. In the 90 percentile, or 90, 90 percent and above, leading up to election. Really, well out from election, leading into it. Trump, on election day, won 95 percent 
of the Republican vote on Election Day ballots. 95%. That speaks volumes in itself. And I really don't have to tell you anything else. Anytime somebody gets 95% support from their party, it's it's a done deal. <laughs> but you look at that, 95% of Republicans on, on, on Election Day ballots, people that showed up to vote in person. On mail-in ballots from Republicans... 21%, let me repeat that, 21% of Republicans voted for Joe Biden on mail-in ballots. 21%. You mean to tell me 95% of them on election day voted for Trump, yet 21% of them that happened to just mail in their ballot, that's including Military, people overseas, people out of state, people people in government that can't be, you know, absentee, whatever. 21% of those people voted for Joe Biden, according to the final numbers. On election day ballots for independents, 52% of independents went for Biden. Okay? That's not odd, but... At 52%, it's a toss-up. Joe Biden and, and Donald Trump get about half and half on independence. On election day, when it comes to mail-in ballots of independence, 80% of independence went for Biden. Let me tell you why those numbers are important. Because there is no logical way for us to believe that the mail-in vote would not reflect the in-person vote. It should be within five or six points. It doesn't have to be identical, but it's got to be close. And to go from 5% to 21% and then from 50% to 80%, that doesn't happen. That simply doesn't happen. And the difference is the mail-in vote. Why are the mail-in vote numbers so skewed? But then you move over, and you start dicing it up a little bit, and you look at maybe the the minority vote, right? There was a lower black turnout than normal, okay? Less black Americans got out to vote than they did in 2016, than they did in 2012 and in 2008. But for a Democrat to win the presidency in any recent history, they have to have 90% or more of the black vote. If they get less than 90% or even 90%, a Democrat cannot win the White House without 90% of the black vote. Biden did much worse than Obama with the black vote and did worse than Hillary with the black vote. Trump, on the other hand, doubled his black vote from 2016 to 2020. Trump got twice the amount of black votes. Joe Biden got less black votes. I think that percentage was uh, within 
somewhere around 80%. That would be devastating for a Democrat. But that's what Joe Biden got. Black people did not show up in mass numbers as per usual and vote for Joe Biden. They did, in fact, for Donald Trump. Republicans down ballot, flipped a couple state houses. They lost zero Republican incumbents. Republicans running to maintain their seat in the House lost zero of those seats and actually flipped 12 seats in the House as of right now. That could turn out to be more. 23 out of 33 seats. 23 out of 33 House races were Republican, and Republicans won a vast majority of those. Even though the polls told us the Republicans were going to lose, that it was going to be a blue wave, that Joe Biden was going to win by large numbers, Democrats were going to overwhelmingly take back the House, they were going to overwhelmingly take back the Senate, Yet they didn't. You had unprecedented wins at the state level and the congressional level. Now Biden, back to the presidential election, only did well in a handful of areas in, ironically, key swing states. Just a handful of cities. Now this is stuff you know, but I'm just going to get into the details of it for you. Now, it's ironic that Democrats believe in big government, big regulations, really big brother in the surveillance state. Everything is about government control, except when it comes to the election. When we get to the election, they want it to be the wild, wild west. They want no voter ID, no, no signature verification, no really dating of ballots. They just want stuff to pour in. And, and we know why they want that. But they want no rules whatsoever. Everything else. Everything else. Your life, your job, the environment. They want all these rules. All these regulations. But for some reason, they don't go with that philosophy when it comes to the election. And now, you see why. With Pennsylvania, that's the prime example. This is one that defied all scientific and political scientific data, which Democrats, again, follow the science. Why are we not doing that? This defies all the scientific political data that we've ever seen in history, okay? 2.6 million mail-in ballots in Pennsylvania. They all skewed against Trump, even relative to other Republicans, and they all seem to favor Biden, even relative to Democrats. So we're not we're not comparing apples to oranges here. We're comparing apples to apples. Mail-in votes, 2.6 million of them, skew against Trump, relative to other Republicans, and mail-in votes skew in favor of Biden relative, even relative to Democrats. Looking at Republicans that won their races, down-ballot races, like state auditors, like 
state treasurers, some of those races, those people did better than Donald Trump on these mail-in ballots, but not on Election Day voting. Looking at the Democrat side, they did Democrats did better on Election Day ballots, but worse than Biden on mail-in ballots. Of course, Biden always won out on the mail-in ballots. Now, why is that? Could it possibly be because when we are shutting down counting centers overnight, we've had to, in, in very quick fashion, put together a bunch of fraudulent ballots to run through Dominion machines that we really only had the time to just mark Joseph R. Biden on all the ballots. We don't have time to strategically go down through there and mark each ballot, mark each each race, make sure all the Democrats got it. No. We don't have much time. We've only got time to mark Joe Biden and send it on through because we didn't expect, I'm playing the Democrats here, we didn't expect Donald Trump to get 74 million votes. We didn't expect Donald Trump to get over 10 million more votes than he got in, in 2016, we didn't expect Donald Trump to get to, to double the black vote for himself to garner such a minority vote in Florida. <laughs> so we were scrambling. We were scrambling to get Joseph R. Biden votes put into those Dominion machines because guess what? Trump had so many people vote for him, he broke the algorithm that was set up by Dominion to make sure Joe Biden won. They couldn't hang with it. Because, and let me explain this part to you with the algorithm, in case y'all don't know, y'all may know. For example, they would set a point system for the votes. Where normally, if you set a point system for the votes, it should be one Trump vote equals one point, one Joe Biden vote equals one point. But instead, they did something the likes of one Trump vote equals 0.75 of a point, three quarters of a point. When a Joe Biden vote maybe equals 1.25 of a vote. Because you don't want to set the machines where they just take all the votes for Trump and flip them to Biden. That would be too obvious. So you want Trump to get some votes, but not quite as many. So when they set it to 0.75, again, this is an example. Trump got so many votes that he overcame that handicap of being a 0.75 per vote, and he was still beating Joe Biden. That's why the fake water pipe main break in in uh, the the water main break in in Fulton County, in Georgia. That's why several places across the country, just in the middle of the night, said, "Ah, oh, we're gonna stop voting now." And then when you wake up, you find out, oh, Biden's taking the lead. That's weird. That is strange. When you look at places like Pennsylvania and Georgia, you see those things. But when you look at places like Florida, when you look at places like Ohio, these guys had big mail-in numbers, but they had safeguards in place. They made sure, and these are mostly Republican-run for obvious reasons, they made sure 
that if they were going to have a large number of mail-in votes due to COVID, that they were going to be cautious and make sure they're not getting large numbers of fake ballots, fraudulent ballots, people that shouldn't be voting, running through the machines in order to get their vote counted. But then you look at Pennsylvania. They bring in mail-in voting 14 months ago. This, this plan to expand their mail-in voting just a little over a year ago. They have zero experience with it. And right before the election, the Pennsylvania Supreme Court eliminates all of the safeguards that were currently in place to handle the smaller number of mail-in ballots that they had in the past. The Pennsylvania Supreme Court said, yeah, we're going to wipe all this out. You know, this is, this is extraordinary times. We don't want people to get their vote dismissed because of something silly like, you know, not being a voter. So we're going to get rid of this stuff. Last election, Pennsylvania had 260,000 mail-in ballots. Now, in 2020, you suddenly have 2.6 million mail-in ballots. That's 12 times more than they had four years ago. And if you look at some of the studies, they show that, that those that don't have experience filling in these mail-in ballots, that they make more mistakes, and it causes the error rate to be three times as great. Okay, Your chances of screwing up your ballot because you got one in the mail or whatever, and you send it back in, your chances of the chances of you not doing it right are higher, which would cause that ballot to be rejected. But in Pennsylvania in 2020, the rejection rate turned out to be 27 times less than in the past. 27 times less of a rejection rate. Why? Because the Pennsylvania Supreme Court basically took the rule book and just tossed it out the window and said, it's the wild, wild west. Don't worry about it. If it comes in, count it. Don't worry about checking it. Don't worry about verifying it. Send it on through. We're just going to trust that the people of Pennsylvania and really the people outside of Pennsylvania are sending us legal, legitimate ballots they're only doing one, and they're not going to be cheating. Even though we've watched half the country try everything they can to impeach the current president, to get him and his family thrown in jail, but now those people wouldn't cheat. That wouldn't cheat, so let's just psh, move all that stuff out of the way. It's all a big, sinister master plan. This is a very deliberate plan. This is a very complex plan. And they've been working on it for quite a while. COVID was the perfect opportunity, if not COVID, as far as I'm concerned, COVID was perpetrated for this very reason. And at the very least, COVID was a very unique and perfect opportunity for them to pull this off. 
because this had to have been, this is so complex that this had to have been the plan all along. And they wanted it to be complex. They wanted it to be complex because it would have been harder to figure out for those of us trying to find the truth. It would have been harder for average people to figure out what went wrong on election day if it was this widespread, if it was this complicated. But just like they did Trump in 2016, they underestimated us, the true patriots of America, in what we would do to stand up for election integrity. Because that's what this is about. It's not about Donald Trump. It's not about the Republican Party. It's about election integrity. And if these elections will ever be free and fair again in our lifetime. That's Pennsylvania. But then you go over and you look at places like Ohio. You look at places like Iowa. You look at places like uh, Florida, for instance. These people don't have this, these, these mail-in shenanigans. They don't have this mail-in nonsense. They do have mail-in, but they've got those safeguards in place. For instance, Ohio went through years and years of court battles to clean up their voter rolls. And they've done an effective job of doing so. Most states don't do that. Most states' voter rolls are garbage. So when you send out ballots to everyone on the voter rolls, you've just got a bunch of random ballots floating around, going wherever. Going to anybody and everybody, giving anybody the opportunity to pick up large numbers of ballots and filling them out themselves, sending them back, especially if they live in a state where they're not going to check said ballot. Trump performed, now this back to the numbers, Trump performed better than he did in 2016 in Ohio, really in, in all these states. Because in Ohio, it's not like he won it by a, a point or two. Trump won Ohio by eight points. That is a beatdown in a battleground state like Ohio. Eight points, okay? Ohio should set the tone for the rest of the battleground states. We should be able to look at Ohio, and historically we have been able to look at places like Ohio and say, oh man, he won in a landslide there. That's pretty much a sign the election is over. It defies logic to say that he gets those kinds of numbers and then gets blown out in the Rust Belt gets blown out in a place like Pennsylvania, which is what the left is claiming. You can say you can say all day that, that mail-in ballots skew to the left, that they skew for, for um, the Democrats. But nowhere in the country does it show this mass exodus of Trump supporters or this mass exodus of Republicans from supporting Trump. So when the Rust Belt, where you've got allegedly, well, nationwide, 21% of Republicans voting for Joe Biden, that's shown nowhere else. You look at the, the four cities that we're dealing with, with all this craziness, and 21% of them, 21% of those Republicans voted for Joe Biden. That's not reflected anywhere in the rest of the country. 
that should be reflected in a lot of different places. If in, if in Pennsylvania, 21% of Republicans voted for Joe Biden, you should see nationally 15 to 20% of Republicans overall left their support for Trump. But you don't see that. You see the exact opposite. You see Trump across the rest of the country winning an overwhelming number of votes from the Republican Party. Trump did better with Republicans and independents than he did in 2016. And I don't know if you remember this, but Trump actually won in 2016. He wins big in Ohio by eight points. He wins big in Florida by a half a million votes. A half a million in Florida, okay? Another battleground state. And really, if you're just looking at Ohio and Florida... Those are the two states where they say, if you win those, election's over. Which should have been the case. In Florida, this is another indicator where if you told anybody three weeks before the election, this is going to happen, do you think Trump will win? Trump is going to win this vote. Or Trump is going to win this state. If you send that to anybody... It would be like, oh yeah, well that's that's a clear indicator that Trump won the election, probably in big fashion. The Hispanic vote, not just the Cuban vote, because this is what Democrats are doing. They're saying, oh, it's those backstabbing Cubans in Miami-Dade County. No, not just the Cubans. It's across the board. The Jewish community, the Hispanic community, the minority vote in general, especially in South Florida, Huge turnout for Donald Trump. That's what cost Democrats Florida. Cubans heard Democrats talking about socialism. They heard them praising some of these other countries. They heard their policy ideas and they said, you know what? We we can't vote for that. We literally came here because we didn't want that. So we're not we're not going to be voting for you. And how do we get those numbers if this election's allegedly rigged? Well, that's because it's in Florida. With Governor Ron DeSantis, who made sure the safeguards were in place, who made sure their election, because Florida runs their own election just like every other state, they made sure their elections were going to be safe, secure, and fair. So you got an accurate reading. If you get those kind of numbers, the kind of numbers that Trump received from minority communities in Florida, and especially South Florida, because they all went Hillary last time. If you get those numbers, that is another tone setter for the country as a whole. If you took that to somebody, as I just said, and said, okay, Trump's going to win this right here, Miami-Dade, Cuban community, Jewish community, minority community, anybody, even Democrats would say, oh, that's that's going to put Trump over the top. I can't tell you how many Democrats I had that are now, you know, beating their chest and boasting about how Biden won a fair election. These are the same people that agreed with me before election day, Trump's likely going to win this. There's no way, there's no way Biden wins. He's lame. He's a former racist. He's exactly the opposite of what we want as Democrats. We're tired of the same old thing. 
it was much of the feeling of, of 2000 2008 and 2012, John McCain and Mitt Romney, the way Republicans felt about them. It's the same old stuff. We're really scared of Obama and what he could do to our country. But we're just not motivated by somebody like John McCain. We're just not motivated by somebody like Mitt Romney. It was that same feel for Democrats. They had accepted defeat before the election. Why? Because they didn't know this was this this plan was in place. And once they figured it out, they've come up with all the excuses in the world for why Joe Biden ran. Well, it's just an overwhelming hatred for Trump. You cannot win an election because voters hate the other guy. You have to motivate people, and Joe Biden did nothing to motivate people. People will sit out because they hate the other guy, but people don't go and vote because they hate the other guy. Obviously, people do, but not enough to make any sort of difference in any election. But now Democrats are like, oh, what, what an amazing campaign. Joe Biden ran an amazing campaign. It was so great. So fantastic. They're liars. They're cheaters. They're insincere. And they're full of it. They're full of shiz, and they know it. So that's the overlook, the overlay of what we saw in Florida, right? Let me move back to Ohio for a second. In Ohio, Trump wins Eastern Ohio. He wins Ohio as a whole by eight points. But in Eastern Ohio, it's an absolute blowout. And for those of you watching on YouTube, I'll kind of highlight what we're talking about. See this area right here? Eastern Ohio. It's all red except for Montgomery County and Hamilton County, okay? And Trump lost those two counties by two points. And the other one, well, the other one was a little bit worse. So you're looking at like 20 points, uh, a little over 20 points. Rest of that, all red. Donald Trump wins, right? So when you go and you break it down, you look at places like Mahonan County in... Ohio. Now, Mahoney County has Youngstown. Youngstown, Ohio. Youngstown, Ohio is, is, is FDR country. It's the home of the FDR coalition. These are people that don't like Republicans. They're, they're very, very loyal Democrats. Republicans for years and decades could not crack Mahoney County. They couldn't touch it. A lot of them had just given up on it. We're not going to win Mahoney County. There's a lot of people there, but we're just going to have to put our our efforts and our resources in elsewhere. Trump couldn't even crack Mahoney County in 2016. But this time, this time, Trump won it. Trump wins Mahoney County. Trump wins Youngstown, Ohio. But then you just look across the border at a place like Erie County, Pennsylvania. A county that Trump won last time. And this time, Trump lost. Trump with overwhelming support. 
This is the problem. You cannot tell anybody, especially me, that Trump lost large amounts of support from what he had last year. I mean, last election in 2016. Nobody will believe it. Let me see if I can find Erie County on this map. I might not be able to. Let's see. Uh, Erie County, where you at? Obviously, I don't know my my Pennsylvania map very well. Is it over in? Hold on. We're looking. We're looking. We're looking. We got it. We got it. We got it. Oh, oh. We got out of the state. Okay, I'm not going to be able to find it. But nonetheless, right across the border, Erie County. There it is. This is, okay, so here's Ohio. And I'm sorry for those of y'all that are listening to the audio. Here's Ohio. Here's Erie County, right across the border. This is a state that easily went to Trump in 2016, but then we're supposed to believe that Trump lost that county by a point when these people over here in Ohio went overwhelmingly for Trump, eight points across the state. Nobody believes that. Nobody. These numbers defy every bit of political science, every bit of political analysis that we've ever known in our lives. None of it makes sense. And everybody that's crunched the numbers on elections, everybody that's, that's ever analyzed voting numbers, uh, voting uh, elections or, or whatever, every single one of them will tell you the stuff is impossible. There's no way any of this happened because what you've got, if you had one or two things that happened that was a, a first time for a presidential election, that would be acceptable. But to have all of these anomalies, all of these first time things happen in the same election, nobody believes it. If you count, if you count all the votes, in the election, if you say they are all legal and legitimate, the data still shows us that Trump should have won this election and in a big way. Now, what's next? What if Republicans say, all right, let's just give it up and we'll fight next time. You, 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 we can't win these legal cases. We can't win these court cases. Let's just let it go and move on to the next election. What if Republicans say that? Because there's a lot of establishment Republicans out there that are saying just that. They're like, hey, it's too much. This is too much of an uphill battle. We need to give it up. We need to worry about the next election. Let's keep this in it. Let's fight. And then we'll get back on it in 2024. That's what we've been doing for the last decade. For the last decade, whether it's the politicians themselves, the political parties, or whoever, that have been bringing suits to courts, they get to a point where they just throw their hands up and they give up. And they walk away from it and say, let's worry about it the next election. And then the cycle repeats itself. One thing that's, uh, that, that nobody probably realizes is there hasn't been a bad Supreme Court ruling on election law in as many years as we can remember. 
There hasn't been one bad Supreme Court ruling on election laws. All the, the, the bad election law rulings that we see now and that we've seen in the past all have come from politically appointed judges in lower courts. The people fighting to get it right always give up and they never make it to the Supreme Court of the United States. And if you give up, you start the cycle all over again. And you will lose the next election as well. There is no doubt about it. Nothing, nothing about this election points to Joe Biden winning. Look at the numbers. Look at the videotape. Look at the testimony. When Rudy, when Sidney Powell, when Jenna Ellis tells you there are mountains and mountains of evidence. They are being 100% truthful. We will get to the bottom of this. We will figure out how to stop this. Because if we don't, there's no point in voting. There's no point in fighting for your country. And there's no point in anything related to taking care of the future of this country. Again, if you're listening on Apple Podcast or Spotify, make sure you go over to the YouTube channel. It's youtube.com slash over the line. Click subscribe. We just need 59 more subscribers. So do me a favor. Share it with your friends. Share it with your family. On your social medias. Tell people the same thing I just told you. Go subscribe. And let's make this happen. Get over 1,000 subscribers. And we'll keep rocking and rolling. We'll be back tomorrow with a brand new episode. And until then, see you, cook.